0: Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we, we are facing some really uh, difficult material in your word for a lot of people. And so we pray for um, gentleness in the presentation. Uh, we pray that you will help our understanding so that we can grasp what you're saying. I am altogether aware that what I say may not be, in fact, what your word is. I, I try to do that but i try to accomplish saying what your word says but no doubt there is is more error than i want to even know in what i teach so i pray father that you'll guide each of us and help us through your spirit to to grasp your word and understand it for jesus sake we pray amen well i I stopped around verse 18 last week um So he sets up in verses 14 to 18 a a basic issue. Um, And then effectively what he's saying, if you notice there's a question in uh, verse 14, there are two questions. What shall we say then? There is not injustice with God, is there? And of course our answer has to be no, there's no injustice with God. Explaining that is the problem in what sense is there no injustice with God in doing what he does but the basic basic response on all of this folks is is simple God created reality he knows what reality is yes Mm -hmm. he gets to define what reality is so whether I can understand it or not what he says is what is actually true and if he, is, if he says he's, he's just, and, and scripture says he's just on multiple occasions, then what he does is just. And my problem is to figure out what he does and, and how I may not always be able to explain why he's just and what he does, but I have to put those two things together and say, he does this and he's just. This must be just. I don't know how, but it must be. Sir?
1: I apologize for
0: interrupting. I'm assuming here, but that's not. I just wanted okay. to hear you. You, were re- well, you were recording. You uh, see. Yeah, well I am recording. Okay. <laughs> I don't have the the pack the power pack on. Okay. So there now. Uh Sorry. Yes, thank you. Uh, well I I went to the trouble of plugging the thing in. I at least use it. Uh so, um, as we get to verse eight uh, verse 14, what shall we say then there's not injustice with God, is there for God? For he said to Moses, "I will show mercy," And I pointed out to you, this translates the Hebrew word that, that I would translate grace. I will show grace to whom I will show grace, and I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion." It's so a quotation from Exodus chapter uh, 33, and the Hebrew word there is grace, Hanan, uh, which, by the way, is the root of the name John, and Joanne and, and, and uh, Jan. <laughs> so, Yo- Joanna is Yohanan in Hebrew. Uh, the Lord is gracious. Um, so, does does God, is God the only person in existence who doesn't have the right to give his gifts the way he wants to.
2: What
3: was the question? All right, let me ask it a different way. Yes.
0: Do you get to choose who you give gifts to at Christmas and birthdays? Is God the only person in existence who doesn't have the right to choose to whom he gives his gifts? He doesn't have the right. Pardon?
2: You're saying he doesn't have the right?
0: Yeah. Is he the only person in existence? You can do that. Is, do you think it's unjust that you choose whom you give, give presents to? Certainly not. Well, then, is God the only person in existence who doesn't, does not have the right to give his gifts to whom he wishes to give them? Well, no, I can't say that. So, the question is not whether it's just or not. The question is, does God have the right, and are we interpreting Scripture properly? You see, so um, he says to Moses, well, we already read that, verse 17, for the Scripture said to Pharaoh, uh, for this reason I raised you up. I, I asked a stupid, dumb question one time over on Union Avenue. I was teaching Romans, and there was a medical doctor in the back of the class, and I it was just as dumb a question as, a, as you could ask a medical doctor, but I, I said, in any in any event of the conception of a child, how many different persons could be conceived? And he kind of got a glassy eyed <laughs> look, on, and I thought, well, that was probably a dumb question. Problem is, how do you define what a different person is? They, that essentially, and he's, well, millions. So, what does it mean when he says about Pharaoh, I raised you up for this purpose, that I might show in you my power, and so that my name might be uh, proclaimed in all the earth. What does it mean when he says, I raised you up? Um, This man... What were his parents godly and righteous? No. no. Then is it wrong? Was was he godly and righteous? Is it wrong for God to have put him on the throne in order to show His power and, and that His might, name might be proclaimed in all the earth? He could have found somebody in the family who was who was much more inclined to receive his revelation yes and put him on the throne (coughs) but instead of doing that he put this man on the throne and that brought about deaths of who knows how many people in the 10th plague Uh, so does God have the right to do this? so verse 14 verse 18 draws the conclusion you have therefore at the beginning, I guess. Therefore, he shows grace to whom he show, wants to and he hardens whom he wants to. Now, I want you to remember what we've been saying about hardening. It's, it's not taking really good people and making them worse. It's taking people who, whose sin he has been restraining and removing the restraints. Does that, does that help? What do you think, we Sid? Well, when you think about taking
2: seeing that he had been restrained I mean is he, is he, there's no one that's totally restrained.
0: That's true, but um, my favorite professor <laughs> uh, said one day why is it that you were able to drive here today Safely, um, and and no one was trying to ram your car, and no one rammed your car and dragged you out, beat you up, and took everything you had. Why is it that? Why is that the case? Because there are certainly people in Memphis who would do that now and more. So why were you able to get here? Because God is restraining sin. Uh, do you remember the story of of uh, Abraham and Gerar, and the king whose name escapes me. Uh, I can't. I can't remember his name. Um, said uh, it, God appeared to the to the king in a, in a in a dream, and the Lord said, "You're a dead man for you've taken a another man's wife."
1: But he didn't know.
0: No, that's the name of a tribe. And the king said, I did this in the, in the integrity of my heart. He, the man told me she was his sister and she told me that he was her brother. God said, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. I also kept you from sinning against me. So, The restraint of sin is one of the ministries that the Holy Spirit is carrying out in the world today when a people do not respond properly to the, to the word of God then he removes the restraints so what we saw in chapter 1 the progressive removal of the restraints so that people could do more and more of the sin they want to do is involved and here in, in the event of the, of the uh, exodus that we've, we've been referring to in verses 14 to 18 um uh, God removed the restraints on the pharaoh uh, Amenhotep, Amenhotep II, I think, is the, is the pharaoh of the Exodus and with, with that information you will go 40 days and 40 nights uh, without, without needing to eat <laughs> but, but uh, uh, what, what else can I say? about this. I mean, how else can you read that? Yes?
2: Well,
3: thinking in in terms of, and I've got some people in mind when I'm thinking that wouldn't this be a logical argument in favor of God's restraint over people saying, well, we have free will. Yeah. I mean, is it
0: well, we're going to have to talk about freedom before long. Let's, this is as good a time as any to talk about freedom. What, what do we mean by free will?
3: Making make decisions, decisions for without you acknowledging your, your, own You're yeah. mm-hmm. for your own choices. you responsible your
0: own Yeah, that's responsible, but that's not necessarily freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, what we, what we... Pardon? Ability. What we mean by free will is, you're right, ability to make any choice at any time. Do you have that?
3: No, because we don't have the capacity
0: for that. I don't have the capacity for it. I can't, be on, I can't jump off a building and will to be back up on top. I don't want to be back up on top, but I can't will to be back up on top. So that I can't will things that are natural impossibilities. Yes? What are you, what are you thinking?
2: Well, I'm thinking? Well, I'm just thinking back when we think of free will as, and I mean the only way I know to say this is that growing up as Baptists mm-hmm. we're thinking that we have the free will to choose Christ uh-huh. or to reject
0: Him. Yeah. That's the way, that's the way yeah. we think of free will. Uh, the, uh, the philosophers and I'm not a philosopher so I'm, I'm, I'm taking this from others who have read the philosophers define this as power of alternate choice. Do you have absolute power of alt- alternate choice? No. no. Let me ask it a more difficult question. Does God have power of alternate choice? Yes. I'd say, yes. I'd say no. He, he cannot choose to sin.
2: Oh, okay.
0: He cannot do anything that's a logical impossibility.
2: But, but God wants to choose to sin? Have would desire to sin?
0: that's not the point the point of is if you're going to define freedom as power of alternate choice then, then you've got to think about all, all things all beings that are free and ask does this fit their category God is absolutely bound by his nature to righteousness he can never choose sin so if God doesn't fit if, 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 would you say that God is free? Would you agree to that? Um, is, is there somehow something shackling him that he can't do what he wants to do? Nature. Well, but does that keep him from doing what he wants to do? He can do what he wants to do. He can do what he wants to do at any time in any way. So power of alternate choice doesn't fit the one who is most free, then why should it fit, why should we have an ability that God doesn't have? so um, there's, there's a better definition my favorite professor suggested and I think this is a much better definition it's the ability to act spontaneously without coercion in accord with your own nature it's the ability to act spontaneously without coercion according to your own nature that's described Any freedom. Freedom. Any freedom. God has it. I have it. I can't jump off top of a building and will to be back up on top because my nature doesn't permit that. Would you say that one more yeah. time, please? Uh, f- uh, freedom is the ability to act spontaneously without coercion in accord with one's own nature. So God has this. He can do anything that he wants because his nature is such that he has the power to do anything that he wants and everything that he wants is good, yes? So he may do anything that he wants at any time and he is not subject to any other will. So he's more free than you and I are because we're, we're subject to other wills. Our wives, our husbands, yes? Yes? Uh, the boss at work. <laughs> yeah.
2: to the ability to do things in public.
0: Mm-hmm. So the issue then is that our definition of freedom has been unsound. And so we've struggled with it. We've thought as Americans, well, I can do anything I want. Well, no, you couldn't. <laughs> Nobody, no American in history has ever been able to do everything you want, anything he wants. Because there are always laws that, that restrict us. Yes. Um, so it it really isn't the case that we have free will in the traditional sense what we've generally defined it as power of alternate choice that you can always choose the other option Uh, I knew I was going to wear a tie today my wife gave me two ties and two shirts for my birthday Uh, my, my favorite one is a yellow, stri- yellow tie with a blue stripe. This one was the other tie, and I thought, I want to wear that tie, I just don't know quite what to wear it with, and maybe you will ask, well, why did you wear it with that? I don't know, <laughs> but but I I have free will as to my ties. Yes? <laughs> uh, but there were some there were some pre-existing circumstances that led me to want to wear this tie i got it as a gift for my birthday right and i had not worn it before i wanted to wear it yes so i acted spontaneously without coercion in accord with my nature to wear this tie um but you 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 will say to me but here we're talking about the eternal destiny of human souls. And I will say, you're right. Uh, but a general who is, who is um, making a battle plan is dealing with human souls too. Do we think it's somehow unjust of him to send one unit into the thick of battle and hold another unit in reserve? It's a difficult decision, but it's not unjust. Take a war like World War II. We've we've had other wars that we're not so sure about, but World War II is one that I don't think any of us would would raise any questions about the necessity of fighting that war. Well, if you if you're gonna the decision to drop the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, what are you going to do? Are you going to fight for two or three more years for every foot of the Japanese islands or are you going to, are you going to bring it to an end quickly? With a lot of loss of life but nothing like it would be if there were um, foot by foot advance through the Japanese islands. Am I making sense? So is it unjust to make one choice above another in that situation? No. It's the necessity of the circumstance, yes? Is it wrong for a surgeon to take out, um, I'm trying to think of a circumstance, I can't think of a single one, but sometimes to, I suppose, in the process of doing surgery, um, take cancer surgery, for example, uh, there is, there is. Um, um, oh, I can't think of the word I want. There is uh, tissue in uh, that's that's not infected with the cancer, but is is related to the tissue that is that may have to be removed. Is it unjust? Is it evil? to do that? Or is it the only thing you can do to save the life? You see the point? So the the, uh, the the surgeon doesn't have free will in that, if by that you mean, well, he can do anything he wants. If by that however you mean that he's acting spontaneously without coercion in accord with his own nature, in this case in accord with his own training, then he does what must be done in order to save the life of the patient. Am I making sense mm-hmm. on this so uh, so
2: I guess the thing that's quick through my mind, probably a lot of people when you like God chooses to give grace to who He wants to give grace mm-hmm. to who you, to mm-hmm. you think about, well is this is, is there a person out there that love God, desires to grow in God, God choose to harden that person's
0: heart. Don't you remember chapters 1, 2, and 3?
2: Well, maybe not. There is,
0: there is none righteous, no, not one. Not righteous, but
2: what about
0: the desire? Well, but to love God is, is righteousness, according to the Scriptures. So, there is no one who loves God. So, what God is doing... Not naturally. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's 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 in the in the terms of the conversation that that was a valid statement, but it needed a little clarification. Um, it, 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 naturally, no one loves God. Uh, naturally, everyone is hostile to God. Uh, there's an old saying: um, God made man in His own image, and man has returned the favor. He's, so the gods of of mankind have been big men and women, just amplified, and the gods are always more, more wicked than the best of humans. Uh, you read any of the great li- epic literature of the anci- uh, of the Mediterranean world, the gods are always worse than the than the humans are. Um, in one with which I'm a little more familiar, uh, Virgil's Aeneid. Uh, his chief, his chief character is Aeneas, whose, whose destiny is to go to Italy and found the town that will be the precursor of Rome, according to the story. Uh, but Juno, the wife of here, of Zeus, of, uh, Jupiter, is, um, she, you know, she hates Aeneas, and in every way she tries to stop him. And in the opening lines of the Aeneid, um, Virgil asks, Is such wrath fitting for the gods? And the answer is yes, because the gods are, are more immoral. Do you know anything about Zeus? Ah. Uh, he, he had sex with everything on two and four legs. I just, they're just wicked. There is there is no one who fears God naturally. So, out of that morass of sin and wickedness, God has suge- has selected those who will be the evidence of His grace. Um, so, this is where we are with verse 18. We we're ready to move on more or less to verse 19 now in in, uh, 19 to 21 no one may legitimately call God's justice into question in this since he may do with his creatures as he will you will say to me then why does he find fault who has resisted his will did God drag Pharaoh kicking and screaming to the court that day to to command that that the uh, the uh, straw be taken taken away from the Hebrew slaves and making brick, no. no did God force this man who would otherwise have been quite ready to respond to moses here's here 's a little little play. Moses comes back comes to the court of Pharaoh. He says, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. Pharaoh says, Moses! You and I were buddies when we were growing up. I have missed you all these years. You've been gone. Where have you been? So glad to see you. And I would do anything for you except that. I can't do that because God won't let me. Does that fit the story? So... You will say to me, who, 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 uh, why that does he find fault? Who has resisted his will? It's not a matter of, of resisting his will. He's enabling them to do what they want to do. So verse um, 20 goes on. Nevertheless, O oh man, who are you? You, who are you? To answer back to God. The thing made won't say to the one who makes it, he? why have you made me this way? Uh, or does not the potter have right over the clay to make one lump out out of one lump to make one vessel for honor and the other for dishonor? We would say, of course, the the potter has that right, but are we simply lumps of clay? We're thinking, feeling, reasoning uh, beings. We're not just lumps of clay. But I propose to you that we're closer to a lump of clay than we are to God in terms of our, of our um, order of being. We were made out of the clay. But God is infinite. Does this make sense to you? And if, if he's infinite, then I'm actually closer to the clay than I am to God. In terms simply of existence, um, so I may not like the analogy, but Paul's on the right track here, uh, verse 22 If God wants to show his wrath and to make known his power, bore with long great long suffering with the vessels of wrath. Fitted for destruction. This verse twenty-two is the if clause. The main clause is going to come in in twenty-three. But here's the first part of the question: um, Does God have right? Um, uh, God, who is willing to show His wrath, and make His power known. He 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 bore with much long suffering with israel did he not in the wilderness mm-hmm. um i'm i'm teaching deuteronomy on wednesday nights we were in chapters 6 through 11 last night uh, that was at least what was scheduled i i had had to i wanted to go back and reiterate some things we said last week in order and and we did get through um, saying something meaningful about <laughs> chapter six to eleven, but but folks, um, we read the book of Deuteronomy as saying, "Now, in order to get God's blessings, you got to obey." That's exactly not the 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 message of the book of Deuteronomy. The message of the book is, and and I'd have to work you through Genesis to Deuteronomy to see this, but. Genesis is a what is it about? Genesis the beginning, yeah. The beginning. Yeah, but that's only one chapter. There are forty-nine more. What's it about? Abraham Abraham covenant.
3: Yeah. Folks, Christ. I'm gonna
0: argue I'm gonna argue it's about faith. The reason um let me say it let me see how to say this at what point specifically did eve sin she, is I, to what God said? exactly to be more specific about it she believed the word of the serpent not the word of god that issued in disobedience but the disobedience is not the sin the sin is the unbelief but then you get Cain, uh, Cain and Abel, what makes Abel righteous? Unfortunately, we don't have much evidence there to talk about. But he's righteous. Yes. Uh, then you get Noah. Why is Noah righteous?
3: God.
0: How do you know that? Because of the fact that he, uh, he, he called, called him, him He built an ark. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a time when uh, I mean,
2: everybody thought he was
0: great. Yeah. I don't know, who would build, build, build a, bit, uh, a ship like that? Uh, sounds crazy to me. Now. Yeah. Uh, that was so, obedience. Hmm?
2: That
3: was obedience.
0: It was obedience, but faith produces obedience. Obedience doesn't pr- produce faith. That's point of Romans six and seven. See, obedience, seeking obedience, is going to get me deeper in sin. Learning to trust God is what produces obedience.
2: Um, speaking of faith I'm I'm going I, I don't to get you off here but could we associate we know our faith comes from God can we associate the faith God gives us with being elected yeah okay. Versus
0: mm-hmm. yeah okay. by the way Philippians 129 says uh, he has lavished upon us the privilege not only to believe in his name but also to suffer for his sake. <laughs> Thanks. I like the one. I'm not real happy with the other. <laughs> but I'll have to take it. <laughs> uh, but the, so, so faith is a gift from God. And by the way, the word that's, that I read is uh, recited as lavished is a word harizomai, which is based on the word, the, the noun haris grace. And, and so, so faith is a grace gift of God to us. Um, the, 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 the point then is Noah is a man of faith think about it every major character except Eve in the Bible in, in Genesis is a person of faith but Adam was not deceived Adam was not deceived and we don't know anything about still, it Yeah. still yeah.
1: partook yeah.
0: but that's so, not the point um, but why? Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't have any. In I don't have any insight into that. Nothing in the text. That. I used
1: to, yeah. I was taught that they were both deceived and just accepted it. Well, the scripture. He, he did
0: not. Yeah, that's right. Paul says that in Timothy. Right. the The point is that when the text doesn't give me evidence, I try to say not to say much about it. <laughs> so I can stop. Huh? Part. No. No. Uh, if uh, Sorry. no, I mean if you so if, I shouldn't worry about it. Or yeah, if if I there's mean,
1: all the scripture is inspired. I mean, when do you? I guess what it's there's still going to be mysteries in there, oh, yeah. although from the Old Testament or New, a lot were revealed. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, uh, but I wrestle with which part do I concentrate? Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, well. this is
0: you concentrate
1: you dig in so deep and it's so enlightening that it's very good and just amazing quite frankly the i mean your prayer this morning was a little down on you which well, you're very good
0: i got to be i got to be wrong someplace i'm a human well. you know so but but the point is that um, when there's no evidence in the text right. Right. Don't, don't say anything more. That's yeah, right.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I agree with I've that. I've got evidence about Eve's context is everything, and we don't really have. Yeah. context. I've got evidence about Eve's experience. I don't have evidence about Adam's. Well, but it tells you he didn't it, that he was not deceived. That's yeah. not until first or second Timothy. Sure. <laughs> so, so thinking. in Genesis Genesis three, I just don't have that information. Right. So I, I I don't want to say anything about it.
3: And so assumptions can't be
0: made there. Or? I don't know I, you know what they say about making I know. assumptions. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so what
3: uh, I, I would assume is that you loved Eve or he loved God, which goes into the same motive.
0: I, I don't know that either. I don't know what motivated Adam. I, I wish we did, but uh you'd with Cain and Abel with the same well, idea there. Yeah. Abel uh, I wish we could say more about Abel, too. I wish I knew more about him, except what what's there is in the story of Abel, uh, turn back to Genesis uh, 4. Don't you just love us? <laughs> uh, well, no. I'm, uh, uh, this is a privilege I never had at Dallas Seminary. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't. You get time for these days. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you all are willing to do it, I'm willing to go with you. Um, in Genesis four, one, the man knew Eve, uh, his wife and she conceived and bore, uh, bore Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man and how to translate the end of verse one is not clear at all. uh, Even the Lord with... No place else does this word mean with. Um, So I I don't know what to do with it. Verse 2. She again gave birth to his brother, uh, whose name means uh, uh, futility. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Abel was a, a shepherd of sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. And it came about about at the end of the days. Um, And Cain brought some of the fruit uh, of the ground as a tribute offering to the Lord. That's a perfectly legitimate tribute offering. And in this word, you have a different word than tribute offering there. But um, an offering you have... Yes... um, this is the word in, Genesis, in Leviticus two that describes the grain offering. So, a, a grain offering of the of the fruit of the ground is a perfectly legitimate offering. Um, but, but Abel brought even he some of the firstborn of his flock and some of their first and some of their fatlings. Now, what's different in the description of the two sacrifices?
2: The value? Hmm? The value of it?
0: Yeah. What are you
1: but thinking? But it implied the attitude of the offering someplace yeah. in That's the well, New Testament. As I remember it from the New Testament. Someplace in the New Testament. I can't tell you. Yeah. Why. I
0: wish I could. What
3: would you say? Well, I was thinking back to what you made reference to a while ago. The uh, obedience doesn't... Uh, Obedience doesn't uh, make faith. Yeah, faith establishes obedience, and so if thought and intent yeah. has to
0: do with faith, mm-hmm. I, I used to tell my students at the seminary: If you were going to film this, if you're going to make a movie of this, how would you stage it? How would it how would it work out? What would Abel be doing? How, how would you have him take some of the fruit of the ground and offer it? How would you how would you set out the story of Abel making his sacrifice? Now if you think about it here, Abel, uh, Cain, seems to be caught by the time, Ah, it's time to make a sacrifice. He grabbed some grain uh, stalks and threw them in the altar. On the other hand, Abel uh, started... Because this is spring of the year when the when the uh, firstlings are coming on. Um, he, he, so so he has separated out the the uh, firstborn of his flock. and then from them he has cho- chosen the best of the firstborn of the flock. So there's a two-stage choice in the sacrifice. Th- does this make sense to you? It would suggest that Abel is more intentional, and and Cain is simply grabbing whatever is close at hand. Does this make sense to you? Well, it's it's a it's but it's more of a faith issue. I, I, I translated that. Yeah, let me yeah let me explain that. The word that I translated um, tribute offering. To whom, to what kind of person do you make a tribute offering? That that language may be so far uh, foreign to our our day. What the tribute offering meaning?
2: Tribute, what do you mean by tribute? Yeah,
0: that's the that's the question. Um, When I'm trying to think of who the judge was, the left-handed judge is that? um, Can't think of his name. But he goes to to bring tribute to King Eglon of Moab, and it's the same word, minkah, in Hebrew. Um, so Eglon is ruling over uh, this. Why can't Behud? I can't remember his name. Gracious, um, it's in Judges four or five. Um, gosh, why can't I? It's not Gideon. But he, he, Eglin is mo, is ruling over this man's tribe. He's one of the leaders of the tribe and he's bringing tribute to the king. That's acknowledging his overlordship and the submission of the tribe to to the to the king. But he's also brought a sword on his right thigh because he's left-handed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, most people I think my wife was supposed to was naturally uh, left-handed because the way she writes it, she slants in ways that left-handers slant their their letters. Uh, uh, But they forced her because she was in (laughs) she was in a uh, uh, two-room school when she first went to school, and they forced her initially to learn uh, cursive and to write with her right hand because everybody writes with their right hand. Uh, But if you're a swordsman, you better be fighting with your right hand, even if you are left-handed. But he's a left-handed man, and the text goes out of of its way to mention that. So he's got the sword on the other thigh so that when they frisk him, they won't find it. So tribute and a sword. See? So a tribute offering is the acknowledgement of the overlordship of someone to you so when Cain makes his tribute offering what does he think of the overlord I this is an obligation I got to do what does Abel think yeah, yeah. I want to give him the best are you with me here right and so we can get some insight from the story as it's written but but without saying too much more
3: well proof of too, he was very and he was so angry. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if he yeah. had respect and yeah. love for God, he would repent.
0: Yeah. So my my point is then that um, uh, where where how did we get into this? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, the The issue. Oh, oh, Genesis. I was talking about Deuteronomy. Um, Genesis, I argue, is a book about faith. Mm. So every major character in the book, with the possible exception of Adam, has and 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 Abel, those two possible exceptions. But every major character in the book has significant information about either faith or unbelief. Am I making sense to you? Then Deuteronomy. Ends the the see the, the the books of Moses are are not five different works they're they're five volumes of one work. Um, so if you think of them that way, Deuteronomy ends the same way that that ends the ends the five volume set the same way that Genesis begins it. It's saying you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and strength and when Paul in Romans ten. Talks about this. Uh, talks about faith as last argument in Romans that faith is by. I'm sorry, um, salvation is by faith and not by works. He quotes Deuteronomy to prove this, Deuteronomy nine and Deuteronomy thirty. So the issue, folks, is Paul thinks Deuteronomy is a book about faith. And Genesis is a book about faith, then the other three volumes are explaining why only faith can get you to the blessing of God. So in Deuteronomy, the issue is going to be um, uh, there are only two ways to get the blessing of God one is by faith, the other is by obedience. You have rejected faith so the only thing left for you is obedience but you won't do that and Moses says that specifically God says it, Moses says it in Deuteronomy you have been rebellious since the day I've known you says it at the beginning says it at the end of Deuteronomy Then he's, he's, and what he's saying that to them uh, I'm giving you a law, God's giving you a law but you won't keep it but there is coming hope because there is hope beyond the law so the, the issue, folks, is that uh, there are godly people in the world, but it's because God has done it, not because we have somehow p- found a Bible on the street and, and read it and think, oh, I need to serve this God. <laughs> uh, it's because God put the Bible on the street so you can find it. Does this make sense to you? So everything that's good in our lives derives directly from God. So back to verse twenty-two. If God, so nine twenty-two, if God wanting to show His wrath and make His power known, bore with much long suffering the vessels of wrath, fitted for destruction. Now the, the second big problem in this verse is that word "fitted." Uh, even my favorite professor, who was a five point Calvinist, said, No, this is not, this is a, this is a middle voice verb. And, and, and you'll say, Well, thank you for that. I'm not sure what to do with it. <laughs> there, in Greek, uh, you have three voices of verbs. By that, we mean how is the subject involved in the action. A simplistic way to explain it is in the active voice, the, the, the subject is the doer of the action. In the passive voice, the doer is the recipient of the action. In the middle voice, the uh, sub- subject is either acting for himself or upon himself. Okay? So, my favorite professor would read this. He's with the Lord, knowing as he would say, and now he knows better. <laughs> but, but, um, it's not the vessel that makes itself a vessel of wrath it's the Potter that makes it a vessel of wrath and frankly his own my favorite professors own argument necessitates that I go that direction this is uh, to call this a middle voice verb the subject is acting on himself or for his own benefit that's a rare usage and and he was a champion of the principle you never appeal to a rare usage to solve a theological problem or or an exegetical problem so here, who did the fitting of the vessels in the context, who fits vessels well, go back to uh, verse 21 go back to verse 21 who fits vessels? The potter. So, they are fitted for destruction. Uh, and, in order that he might make known the wealth of his glory upon the vessels of, and there's our word mercy again, grace, probably. This word in Greek only appears in chapters 9, 10, and 11, and it doesn't appear anyplace else in Romans. Romans. And I think it's derived from the the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that passage in 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 um, uh, uh, Genesis that Paul quotes, uh, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy, I will show grace to whom I will show grace and compassion to whom I shall. Mark, you were going to say something. Okay. Um, so, upon the vessels of grace, which he fitted for, for glory. My text ends there, yours yours may have a, have a, have a, a little extra what, what are you going to say to him would you fault a potter for making one pot as a spittoon and another one as a beautiful vase he has the, clay. It's, he has the right over the clay so what are you going to say to God then I keep thinking
1: of Job and what God
0: said to Job at the end. Were you there? What yeah. Did you created yeah. The yeah. I mean, who are you to? Question That's right. That's right. The <laughs> one never the, really answered it. <laughs> the wonder is that, that I, I can't quite get over is God really doesn't mind us asking Him questions, but He, Let but Abraham. I, but I must not, but I must not think that He is obligated to give answers. That's what Job thought. He God owed him an answer. See, <laughs> so
2: uh. you know something is. I, I, I don't know if this is just So my
0: personality is to. I mean,
2: I, I. It's easier for me to accept this than it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, I understand.
2: It, <laughs> and, and it, you know, but I don't have that personality that I have to have a first, back backup. And I, that may be not a good thing mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, you know, because I can, I can accept something and not have the the backup, you know, not have the... Uh, but, and it says here, Scripture clarifies Scripture, mm-hmm. right? You know? Yeah. And uh, so I guess what I'm saying is this is easier for me to accept than it is for other people. Is that... I, I, I think sometimes that's not a good thing. Maybe that's not a good thing.
0: No, it's, I think it's a good thing. It's, uh, but,
2: uh, I, I, I mean, I, if there's a mystery here that I know God's put the mysteries mm-hmm. here, I,
0: Yeah.
2: and I'm not going to dig into something that, well, I mean, I think God would tell us what He wants us to know.
0: The, the, big, the big issue, as far as I've, uh, as far as I've been able to identify it in the last 30 years, 40 years of teaching, is and that 40 years doesn't say anything except you, you, did you did you have 40 years of experience or did you have one year ex- of experience repeated 40 times so but but I've, I've labored over this for years trying to trying to understand that I think our biggest problem is our definition of freedom that we think I'm the captain of my soul yeah. I'm really not uh, God is in control of these things And I must bow before that. And in His astonishing providence, He has included us in His grace. Why me instead of the guy next door? And I have no answers for that. Um, Go ahead.
2: Can we be hardened?
0: I mean, well, God talks about hardening. I know.
2: So after we're saved, can we be hardened?
0: No. Heart, well, we heart. Go ahead. I
2: don't know. I'm, I don't know how. <laughs> I'm not a good communicator. <laughs> no, it's all right. So I mean, I just, I just don't, you know, just. I'm, I am mean, I, I just, you know, you think you're you're saved, you, ask what, you know, you, okay. We think we can ask you into our heart, and confess our sin, well, you know, but that's not right anymore.
0: Well, but no, we can't no it you. is right. He invites us to receive his grace, and so we do
2: the receive yeah receive. we can't yeah. Receive. A... it's like we thought we did it I mean I mean, almost like we yeah. think we you know we chose it yeah. we chose it instead of him choosing him yeah. choosing it you know having yeah. it
0: backwards okay. so, so there's a there's a term called synergism <laughs> S-Y-N-E-R-G-I-S-M where the two have worked together but but my he he has initiated everything and I've just Folded into His will, um, the, so that even is His work in me.
2: I, I, thought, I, had, I thought I had a lot of control. I will, yeah. <laughs> Didn't have any, yeah. Them. I don't know. I just thought it. I just heard. I just learned it different. I've been in a different you know. This, this is just different. I mean, the predestined
0: and all that. Wow. And that I understand. And that, that really. Uh, Jan, Jan was a. Uh, she the last several years of her teaching, she taught in first and second grade. Uh, taught um, uh, music classes, and the the school system in Mesquite, Texas, where she taught. Was, did some really good things for teachers. One of them was they had a, a program called Love and Logic. And the idea is, from our, from our Christian point of view, God created every one of us to be a ruler. We've sinned, and we have fallen into sin utterly. And now we try to, to, to subjugate, not, not rule. <laughs> that God's rule is a rule of service in Genesis 1. So, how do you discipline children? They, they never would have said it that way, but that's the way I say it. Um, when you're, you're trying to, to get children to do what you want, they need alternatives. So you, you give them two alternatives, and you say, okay, you can do this, or you can do this. You, you take, both alternatives are things you can live with, Right. but you make one kind of out there you know uh and and the other one more palatable and so whichever one the child chooses it works and the child is satisfied and you're satisfied you see the the issue for us is that God has not given us two alternatives he has reached into our lives and given us life so that we can even respond as, as living spiritual beings. And so it's not that I laid hold of God, it's that he laid hold of me. Uh, so these, these are, are hard for some of us. I've been on every side of this argument. I can remember talking to my mother. She worked uh, three blocks from my home, which was my high school. And from seventh grade on, she and I walked most of the time for the seventh, seventh to twelfth grade, walked to school together. And one one morning, walking over there to John Marshall, she's I said, uh, I've "Been thinking about election." I I wasn't very old, maybe ten. I was probably in elementary school at that time. And I said, I've been thinking about election. I think what I I forget how I said it, Um, but it was it was certainly not what I'm teaching now. It was some other variety of this thing. I've been on nearly every side of this at some point in my life. I understand the struggle is just trying to understand what this is. Um, So, uh, where are we on time? It's almost time. No, no, this is all right. So. verse 23 that he might make known his his the wealth of his glory and his grace which he prepared for glory on, on the vessels prepared for glory uh, whom he called us not only out of the Jews but out but also out of the Gentiles as as it is written in Hosea as he says in Hosea I will call, them a people which are not my people I, I will call them my people who are no people and, and her beloved who was not beloved and it shall be in the place where it was said to them you are not my people there they shall be called the, 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 the sons of the living God and Isaiah cries out about Israel if the uh, number of the sons of Israel were like the sand of the sea only the remnant will be saved um um, 4 the Lord will do this thing uh, bringing it to a completion and cutting it off upon the earth and just as also Isaiah said uh, if the Lord God had not left us a, um, a remnant we would have been, been like Sodom and we would have been like Gomorrah what then shall we say that the gentiles and i want you to remember where we are in romans i'm going to take a few more minutes if that's all right where we are in romans is asking the question if this is all true about grace why wh- what what's happened to israel you remember this um as he said at the end of chapter eight uh, neither death nor life nor nor, nor tribulation nor, nor famine or i forget how, how it all goes uh, shall be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, what about Israel? They are separated from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul is answering that question. They are now hardened, as he will say later. They are now hardened for our sake. But but our getting their blessings is aimed at moving them to jealousy to seek their blessings from God so what then shall we say that the Gentiles though they were not pursuing righteousness obtained righteousness but it was a righteousness of faith and Israel while pursuing the law of righteousness did not attain to the law why? because it was not by faith but, by, but as it were by works um, they stumbled at the stone of stumbling as it is written behold i lay in zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense and the one who believes in him will not be ashamed so so even though israel as a nation as a people group has been set aside that there're still hundreds and thousands of jews who have come to salvation millions probably and and i what i've heard on the internet in recent months is that There are more Jews in Israel, Jews coming to the Lord now than ever before in history. In the nation of Israel. uh, There's a wonderful website, or not website, it's a series of of videos, um, podcasts or something, called One for Israel. If you haven't seen that, you really ought to see some of that. Have you seen some of it? Oh, you really? It'll bless your heart. I mean, gosh it leaves me in tears often the work of God there's a, there's a Christian Bible college in northern Israel and it's, it's uh, linked up with Dallas Seminary offering doctoral degrees in, in, um, in uh, Jewish studies to prepare people for ministry to Jewish people how do they think what, what are their categories and so on so um, we're living in remarkable times so we'll stop here and pick it up at romans 10 next week lord willing and and, uh go on let's have a word of prayer as it's turned out it's only one hour and one minute on the recording so i'm doing pretty well father thank you for the grace that you have shown to us i i can't think why you would have shown this to me uh but you are in the bus- business of making silk purses out of sow's ears, so all the more than reason to take a kid out of Britain, Oklahoma, and do what you've done with him so this for this, we thank you each of us has our own story. Uh, thank you that you didn't pass us by uh, but uh but in 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 the knowledge of this, Lord. Let us be strengthened and encouraged that you are going to be sufficient, having done this for us. You're going to be sufficient for every need that we have, regardless of what it looks like or from, from whence it comes. And let us learn to trust you even more because we have seen what you've done for us. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen.